everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to be finishing up our deconstruction and reconstruction of holiness, this time focusing on the Holy Spirit. If you've been following along the last couple weeks, then you know we've been deconstructing holiness and following God and living a life that pleases God and all these ideas that are biblical, but often we just get them all mixed up. And last time we talked about what it looks like to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, because I think this is often the missing piece in our experience of God. Somehow we miss him, especially within some branches of evangelical Christianity. We talk about God the Father on his throne. He's kind of more of the judge type person. We talk about God the Son, Jesus Christ dying for our sins. And then we just kind of like, like, and God the Holy Spirit. And we just ignore him. Unless you've been within more of a Pentecostal church where the Holy Spirit is definitely talked about a lot. But we'll get there in a minute. And so... I just want to take some time today to think about this. Who is the Holy Spirit? Because I think this is the missing piece of our puzzle. In my own life, when I was living in my cultic subgroup of Christianity, doing all my good girl things and following all the rules and all the craziness, one of the things that I discovered was the Holy Spirit. And he made a huge difference in my life. And I remember there was the season of time where I was just trying to kind of figure this out. What did it look like? to have the Holy Spirit living through me, what it looked like to surrender to him, to allow him to live through me. And I remember there was this day that I was journaling and I was journaling in this little nook upstairs, kind of under the eaves. There was a tiny window right there and I was sitting there and I really wanted to give God everything, like to surrender everything to him. And I'd never said it before out loud. I'd never written it down before, but I knew this is where I was going to be. I needed to give him everything. And I remember just writing the words, God, I give you everything. And it took me such a long time to write them. I was so scared to surrender to him because what if he didn't do the things I wanted him to do? What if my life didn't end up the way I wanted it to end up? But at the same time, I just knew this is what the next step was in my relationship with him. And so I remember just just scratching it out and it just took effort. And I had to like force my fingers to write the words, God. I give you everything. And that is not a one-time prayer, guys. (laughs) That is something that I've had to pray over and over and over and over again in my life. I feel like it gets easier sometimes the longer you've done it and the more you do it and the more you realize, no, I'm going to give you everything. I give you everything. But that comes back to surrender again. We're letting go of control. Why is surrender so hard? Why is it so hard to give God control of our lives? I think a lot of it comes down to fear. I think we don't necessarily know who he really is. And so we're afraid of what he's going to do. I think we're afraid of losing control. I think we like control a lot. I know that I do. I like to know what to expect, what's going to happen. I think that we have a lot of pride. We think we know what's best. We don't want help. We don't want to be told what to do. I think we struggle with our faith. I mean, yeah, it's not 
strange that we would struggle to trust in a God that we can't see as broken people. And yet he has revealed himself over and over and over again. And so I think we just struggle with our faith. I think these things just make surrender hard. But like I said, there's this secret. There is this secret and it's the Holy Spirit. He is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. Despite what your evangelical and or Baptist church may have told you or not told you about him. I think I mentioned John White here before, but he is a, he's passed away now, but he used to be a pastor and a psychologist and I think he taught for a while at university and he wrote books and he wrote Christian books, like theological books, but he also wrote this fantasy series called The Archives of Anthropos. I know I've mentioned it in my newsletter, maybe not in my podcast. And The Archives of Anthropos is kind of like the Chronicles of Narnia, only they're even more of an allegory. Like he wrote them as an allegory for the Christian life. And I kind of got into them again recently. It's been a while since I read them. I was reading them again. And it just made me want to research John Waite a little bit more. I love, the older I got, the more I just love his pictures, his allegories. And so as I was researching him, apparently he got into the Pentecostal movement later in life where he discovered more of the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. And so he was very excited about that. But he also had some hesitations. And this is the thing that just gets me, it just gets me so interesting because he, he viewed power versus magic when it came to the Holy Spirit. He said, when you try to use the Holy Spirit for your own gain, that's, that's trying to use it as magic or as witchcraft. But there's power if we're willing to just allow ourselves to be swept up in his power. It's like, oh, that's really interesting because I don't have a ton of experience in the Pentecostal movement, but I know a lot of people have been really burned by it. And I think it's almost like this attempt to control the power of the Holy Spirit at times. And so he said there's danger in misusing the power of the Holy Spirit and there's danger in ignoring it. So I want to just stop and just think for a minute. What if? What if we believed in the Holy Spirit? What if we believed that God really lived inside of us and that he was really willing to give us his power to follow him? That it wasn't something we just had to do by ourselves in our own strength, but we could surrender to him in the same way we talked about last time, that ambulatory model where you just stop resisting and you allow him to do what he's doing in and through you. And this was what I experienced as a 17-year-old in my cultic organization. As I began to just ask him to, I used the words, possess me, possess me, Holy Spirit, live through me, fill me with yourself. There's so many little prayers that I can find in my journals where I'm talking like that. But what I discovered was as I was surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit and letting him live through me, I didn't have to focus on the rules as much. My heart was changing and things would come naturally. And so it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, okay, what do I say? What do I, how do I do? How do I look spiritual here? I was just being me, but I was just loving people. And I was just living, if you want to say holy, in a more holy way. I wasn't so selfish. I wasn't so prideful. I wasn't thinking about myself all the time because I was surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, was I still crazy? And was I still in a cult? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But the same lesson that I learned then is available to me now. And as we've been weeks and weeks and almost months into this coronavirus thing, 
I'm just reminded over and over again of how much I need God and how much he's available to me. When life is going well, I feel like I can do it myself. I don't, I don't ask for help as much. But when life is a mess and it's all falling apart and things aren't going the way they're planned, suddenly I'm like, I need strength. I need the Holy Spirit. I need to live in strength that is not my own. And that's not an accident. God knows exactly what he's doing when he brings trials into our lives. Absolutely. Point us to him. Pull us to him. To help us remember how much we need him. But as I finish up this idea of holiness and surrender, I just like you to just think about the Holy Spirit. And just ask yourself some questions. Do I believe that he is actually real? Do I believe that he's actually here with me? Do I believe that he has power to give me? And I want to just finish this by reading an old blog post that I wrote a while ago. I don't know where you're at thinking about the Holy Spirit. If this is something that you really haven't thought about before, if you're super comfortable with him, if you've maybe been spiritually abused by people who are super into the Holy Spirit or what they claimed was the Holy Spirit, I don't know where you're at. But I just want to share something that I wrote almost four years ago that just really blew my mind. So here we go. I had an epiphany a while ago, and it's been rocking my world. I was driving alone in my car the other day, pondering, what happened to the Holy Spirit in evangelical Christianity? He definitely gets less than his fair share of attention. Sure, we tell people they'll receive the Holy Spirit when they trust in Jesus to be their Savior. We might mention that he's called the comforter or the helper, or that he's the guarantee of our salvation. But most of us don't talk about him. We definitely don't pray to him. Is it because we don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit? Maybe we're afraid of him or unsure about him, so we just ignore him. I sat there thinking, wishing that I knew more about the Holy Spirit, feeling like I was missing something when it hit me. According to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the one that I know the best. What? And that's when my mind started getting blown. I love when God does this. The Bible tells us that God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven, sitting at God's right hand. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one here with me. It's hard to explain the emotion that exploded in my heart. It was as if I'd grown up knowing that I had a missing sibling and then suddenly found out that they'd been my best friend for the past 10 years, if that makes any sense. It was a, oh, it's you moment. I called him Jesus, but it was actually the Holy Spirit who became real to me when I was 15 years old, helped me to see the lies in my cultic organization, started my questioning and rebelling against the teachings of my church. The Holy Spirit is the one who brought me to my Christian summer camp and showed me grace, freedom, and love. I've gotten to know him over the years. I felt his presence. We've talked and laughed together. He explains the Bible to me and reminds me of verses I need to hear. He's the one who gives me strength. He gave me peace through my miscarriages and helped me to trust when I didn't think I could. He gives me the ability to forgive my husband and have patience with my children. I've called him Jesus, but he is really the missing member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And just writing those words makes me smile. There's more to it. And once again, I will also link that in the notes. There's going to be lots and lots of links in the notes today. Maybe that's the same for you. Maybe you know the Holy Spirit more than you realize. And maybe you can have an, oh, it's you moment too. Because the Holy Spirit is a very active, very real, very powerful, just as much God as the other members of the Trinity are. And he's with us. And for me personally, learning to acknowledge him has made all the difference in my life. Learning to recognize him has been amazing. 
And when I realize how real he is and how much he loves me, I'm basically willing to do anything. I'm willing to surrender anything. I'm willing to give up anything because I know that being with him is all that really matters. It's all I really want. So I'm just going to leave that here. I want you to think about this. I want you to wonder. I want you to question. I want you to be willing to maybe even pray to the Holy Spirit. I know it sounds weird. Ask him to get to know him. Ask him to make himself real to you. Ask him to reveal the real God to you. More than anything else, the real God, the real Father, the real Son, the real Spirit, three in one, want you to know them. You were created with a capacity to know God. And they've done everything possible to make that happen. Please stop resisting and allow them to overwhelm you with their love. Next time, we're going to talk about the church, the big C church and the little C church. And I'm excited about that. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.